0: Can someone put me in a coma for three months?
1: Tennessee Titans suck. We've been awakened from our summer slumber. Julio Jones is a Tennessee Titan. Who'd have thunk it?
0: All our discussion at draft time about why we waited forever to draft a receiver. then We didn't even give up a first for a walking Hall of Famer, a guy who, outside of last season, is perennially one of the three best receivers in football. And we might have another guy who's going to, jump into that top three conversation next year
1: so what we're going to talk about on this podcast is what any titans fan real titans fan would want to know number one what did we give up and what's the value there number two what does julio jones have left historically what can we look at and really estimate what we could expect from him so let's start with it landon give us a lowdown what did we give up for julio jones
0: We traded next year's second round pick. If we didn't get Julio would definitely have been a receiver. If not, our first round pick would have a future force of the year after next year for Julio Jones, the Falcons future sticks. So it's Julio for a second next year, swap back about a hundred, 150 picks in return for, like I said, one of the best players in all of football.
1: So John, the Atlanta Falcons got themselves in a lot of cap trouble. For a a very mediocre team, or worse, the last couple of years, they had $1 million in cap space before they signed their draft picks. We've signed our first rounder. They weren't able to sign Pitts yet because they didn't have the money to do so. They had to make this move. And I think that helped us, that and the fact that we weren't in their conference. They mentioned that. They didn't want to trade him within the NFC. That helped us get him, like Landon said, and not give up that first round pick. So John, tell me what your thinking is as far as the value we gave up.
2: Well, first I would like to thank a one, Mr. Shannon Sharp for calling Julio live on the air <laughs> and maybe not telling him he was live and that's where Julio was first kind of quoted as that he was out of Atlanta. And I think in that like 10 seconds, Atlanta lost all of their leverage. Right, and that opened the door for us because nobody uh, we offered the highest compensation for Julio. Nobody offered more than a second round pick. I don't think. They well, if they would have, they would have taken that. You're right. Right, we, we yeah. were the best so offer. The best yeah. offer is a second, and you know, swapping a fourth for a sixth. I think it's funny. Obviously, a lot of a lot of the NFL players are like, "How could Julio go for such a low amount?" This is exactly what DeAndre Hopkins went for two years ago that's an excellent (laughs) point yeah this is this is what the receiver market is for a true number one and i think it's completely fair the only thing i don't really love about this trade is that we take on the whole 15.3 million dollars of his uh contract
1: that's a great thing that you mentioned big big fella landon he's right 15 million this year but for the next two years if it works out he's only on the hook for a little more than 11 million dollars so he could theoretically be a bargain. I've read that other teams wanted the Falcons to absorb a little bit of that $15 million, but if he plays up to par, that that won't be outlandish. And I think we've been cutting guys, restructuring guys to land a guy like this, right? We're one of the few teams that had this leverage. I credit our front office for uh, being that keen, being that shrewd. Well, I think we've been waiting around for something like this to happen. Landon, on the heels of what big fella said i mean could we have waited and gotten an even better deal for julio considering they they had to trade him they had i don't think so i think when you look
0: at us taking on all the contract that's a major piece like we mentioned maybe they could have gotten a first but i'm sure teams were saying you have to take x amount of his money this year and elan just couldn't do that and just looking at our salary cap we were right about even before julio so we're minus 15 million in the hole you restructure Ryan Tannehill, boom, it fits. And if you only and with Tannehill and Henry in their primes on big contracts with AJ Brown on a rookie deal for two more years, this is the time for you to restructure, push the can down the road, get a superstar, go all in, because in a few years when AJ Brown is making twenty plus million a year, it won't matter the fact that we paid Julio Jones fifteen million now instead of fifteen million a few years down the road.
2: Yeah, Landon, I think you make a good point about restructuring, but restructuring contracts in today's NFL is a very difficult balance. I think really, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, when you restructure a guy, you've got two uh, two different options. One is to convert a large chunk of that to a signing bonus or to just a roster bonus, and then it gets paid out. Or you kind of kick the can down the road and you spread that money out over the remaining years of the contract. I think if we do the first where we do it as a bonus, we're obviously in a much better cap spot for future years. Cause what I don't want to happen is I don't want to go to Tannehill and say, Hey, we're going to restructure you. We're going to add, you know, 20 million next year and reduce your cap hit this year. Cause then when the league bumps up to 208, if we're at 203, we're kind of like, Ooh, so, curious on your your guys take on that obviously understanding
0: we need to be careful with it i'm not too worried about restructuring in general really the only teams that have been burned by restructuring our team are the saints and eagles who just spammed it over and over for five plus years and eventually when the cap went down for once and finally the years all stacked on they just had to cut everyone and they couldn't really be players but yes we didn't have a ton of cap room but the Saints and Eagles were in their own dimension of salary cap hell. <laughs> like
1: they were minus well
0: $60 million at minimum. Yeah. It's just a different True. stratosphere of finagling the cap than what we would do if we just made Ryan Tannehill a bit more expensive down the road.
1: Absolutely. So for me, guys, and I've said this before on our podcast, I like that our front office doesn't do – The conservative thing. They're trying to win a championship. It doesn't matter what they say, what they do. This is a risk. Obviously, he's 32 years old. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit later about what we might expect from him. But this is not a, hey, let's all keep our jobs. Let's all go 10 and six. Let's all go nine and seven or whatever that's going to be with a 17 game schedule. Do you guys agree with me that this is, hey, if it works and his hamstring is okay, this is a juggernaut offense. If we get more if we get just the same from Ryan Tannehill the last two seasons, this is it. This is the greatest Titans offense ever. <laughs> this is a handful in January. And that's what I really like about this, guys. This is all in. And that to me, yes, second round pick, it's gonna probably, if you would um predict be about fifty. But you know what? I I value those picks a lot, and I realize he's 32 years old. He's coming off a hamstring industry. He has a history of ankle injuries, although he has not missed a lot of time. And this is one of – this guy is 32 years old and 13th all-time in reception yards. (laughs) And we've got a lot of receivers. And when you look at elite receivers, they've had – more than half of them have had really productive year 32 seasons. So I guess what I'm saying, big fella, is – this is a swing for the fences, and if this hits, we're going to be hell on wheels,
2: right? I'm glad you mentioned that, because you know me. I like to throw out these crazy scenarios and stats. T.O., you mentioned him earlier. When he was traded to the Eagles, he was 32. And that season, he was a first-team All-Pro. Randy Moss went to the Patriots, changed of scenery. He was how old? 32. He went on to first-team All-Pro. right? I don't want to count my chickens, but, I mean, and Julio's been a first-team All-Pro probably like a billion times, so what's another one?
0: (laughs) Actually, it's only been two, surprisingly. Well, that's ridiculous.
1: He's only only been All-Pro twice, and he's uh, been to four Pro Bowls, but he's been... I think it's because his lack of touchdowns, but I think that might be scheme. But when you look at his productivity from a yard sample, which is what we need from him. We we right. have guys that get into the end zone. It's unique that our offense is like, obviously, uh, Brown gets in the end zone a lot, and Derrick Henry owns the end zone, and even Tannehill. We need a guy that is absolutely super reliable on third down, as Corey Davis was. But we all know that if this guy's healthy, he's going to be super Corey Davis. I think it's a perfect fit. People will point the fact that we aren't run heavy. I think they should try to get 2,000 yards with Derrick Henry and use this guy home third down the same way. Yeah. He has the same skill set and then some. I love the fit. He wants to be here. He's from Alabama. Obviously, these guys revere him. And Ryan Tannehill is super, super talented. I mean, we have to look at the data of the last two seasons. This guy makes every throw. And uh, you know what? If it all works, and every the number one thing, obviously, is his health. But if you take guys, and you can't take all receivers through history. You look at elite receivers, and then you look at elite receivers with size. There's not a lot of guys to compare him to. because has got 6'3". He looks like, and we, we said this when he was coming out all these years ago, John. He looks like an alien that was dropped down to earth to <laughs> play wide receiver. I mean, he's, he's prototypical in every way. Landon, I know you would agree with that and he has had a great year and he's had a great career and he has never said a thing and i don't i think he'd still want to be in atlanta if look they want him it's not a thing where oh this guy's a has-been they got themselves into cap trouble they had to cut him yep uh yes there's risk there yes he's 32 a, yeah. yes he's had injuries but there is a world that's at least 50 percent possible where uh, because if you look at the guys that he's c- comparable to, there's not many. Calvin Johnson already retired before year 32. Andre Johnson had a great year 32. You mentioned Terrell Owens, and he had a Super Bowl worthy year 32. Randy Moss. I mean, the guys that have that are of elite stature and then had that are six three and just built like a truck. These guys can play well at 32. Now 33, 34, that's questionable. I know that the Titans and Titans fans are worried about this year. Well, and Jerry, I think for this Jerry year, Rice. if his hamstring's okay, Jerry Rice is in another level. He played Jerry Rice and his credentials, and Jerry Jerry Rice is half this guy's size. <laughs> Jerry Rice had – you could cut Jerry Rice's career in half, and it would be two Hall of Famers. It's unreal. But aside from that, if you go to the line with the guys' size, um, you know, odds are better than 50%. This guy can bounce back, and this guy can have a really – really productive year for us. It's, uh, it's a great move.
2: Beautiful. It's beautiful. And I think kind of what you said about the Falcons wanting him, that is dead right. Nobody wants to give up Julio Jones. No. But like you said, they got into so much trouble with the cap, and they had a whole new regime regime starting. You know, They right. hired Arthur Smith. They hired the new GM. Um, they drafted a receiving tight end in the
0: first round within top five. Um, they had to. Yeah, and looking at his past six years before this injury season, six straight years of 1,400 yards, right, 14-plus 14, wow. 14 games every year, six, all 16 games for six years. He's always banged up, but there's a running joke in the fantasy football community that he's always questionable, but he's always going to play. And outside of this past season, which immediately was his second-worst season outside of his sophomore year when he
1: he's only played also- five games. You're right.
0: He's a freak. He gets hurt, but he still plays at the end of the day, and that's all that matters. Now, he's not going to get 1,400 yards because we don't pass that much, and A.J. Brown is going to siphon off some stats, but his impact is going to be really close. Before this injury season, Julio Jones was pretty much a lock every year for number one in the NFL in yards per hour run, so pretty much an efficiency metric for a receiver. He was the best every single year, and that was with Antonio Brown in his prime.
1: I think that's so well said. I think to appreciate Julio Jones – I think is to look on his uh pro football reference and go year <laughs> to year and just say, Wow, this guy's had two years out of ten below a thousand yards. He was hurt in both. He's a model of consistency. Landon said, Well, he doesn't need to have fourteen hundred yards. He needs to have Corey Davis's year. You know, he needs to have close to a thousand mm. yards and, you know, seven touchdowns. I, I think he's gonna deliver. I oh, say, yeah. I to say. Start with you, big fellow. What are your expectations for him? Um,
2: I'll tell you the truth. I I expect our whole offense to shoot people out to score forty five a game. You know, plus. Um, I would imagine if. I think it depends on who. I mean, I assume Julio's the two and AJ's the one, right?
1: Oh yeah. I don't think no, Julio's I, ever been. No, I think AJ two. Brown is the one, and Julio is the thing. I think it's not even about one two. Landon. You can correct me, but the idea is, if big if is he if he's healthy, um, Julio Jones has been double teamed about seventy percent of plays in his career, <laughs> and there That's is a, no yeah. way, there is no way, there is no way because sixty five percent of the time last year or more. Um, we've there were eight men in the box against the Titans. So if he's healthy, if – and it's the second-round pick and the fourth-round pick, it's worth the idea that if they're all healthy, they cannot be double-teamed. Right. It's not if, even a possibility. Yeah. So that's the question, right? It's it's like just on that gamble, just to roll the dice, Is like it's not even about what he's had and what they can do. It's like um, Derrick Henry, <laughs> if he has seven men in the box – watch out yeah. and we have really never seen julio jones and last year we saw and we saw a.j brown double teams like yeah i mean how's that gonna work and it's just about this is i mean as good as eric henry was last year in a perfect world where they all still stay healthy you're playing mad and you turn off injuries <laughs> okay um he's gonna have seven in the box watch out
2: yeah I think it's going to be a, a a record year for our offense if all goes well. I wouldn't be surprised if Julio puts up between thirteen and fourteen hundred yards. And honestly, I'm going to double down. I'm going to say the same exact thing for AJ. Well, so you're he's looking right. At, yeah, I mean, you're looking at close to close to three thousand yards between the two of them.
1: Landon, I mean, <laughs> uh, he's right. It, all things being equal, if they're all healthy, somebody's going to raise hell, right?
0: I'm not sure because I think, like you say, with Henry, he's going to be just as good, I think, because I think offensive line is going to get a bit bit better with Lawan back. We lost Johnny Smith, so that's more targets to go around, even though Ferguson is decent. Julio is obviously a massive upgrade. I think they'll both be around 1,200 yards, 1,100, 1,200, just because it's just going to be a back and forth. Like Julio has a big play, then A.J. Brown has a big play, just back and forth, neither one really explodes. And just we run so much, and Tannehill doesn't throw that much that on a volume basis, they're not going to be that impressive. But that's when you impressive, compare, though, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, that's incredibly impressive. How many wins <laughs>
1: that would result in if they
0: both have 1,200 yards. And no, nine I'm touchdowns? saying, like, they'll probably have 70% of our receiving yards, but we're not throwing 4,500, 5,000 yards like other teams do. So comparatively, it's less impressive. But overall, I think they'll have roughly similar yard stats. AJ Brown probably doubles Julio on touchdowns. And overall, I just can't wait for week one. Malcolm Butler, I love you. You were our best defensive back last yeah. year, but either Julio or A.J. Brown is taking you behind the shed week one.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair.
0: I, yeah, and, I, and, you
1: know, just all our other moves, uh, Josh Reynolds is a way better three. Yeah. Because oh, I yeah. saw him, I watched those games. We all watch, like, basically every game. So I watched him in LA be a really sneaky four. Oh, yeah. I like him is a three, way better than it did two. And as long as we can get back, and this is a big if, on defense to where we just missed assignments. It was like watching high school football. It was bad. If we can just hit our assignments, we're not that talented on defense. But I heard this on sports radio today, local, like, it's if we can just hit our assignments and be average, it's like, and everybody stays healthy, these are big ifs. So it's like, boy, we're, we're going to be a handful every week, especially with what we shown in our comebacks last year and how, how much moxie that um, – Tannehill has and especially Henry it's like can you imagine us on third down? can you imagine on goal line with <laughs> just the size I mean Brown is a freaking missile yeah and obviously we we know what Jones is he's proven it the guy is literally we we talked before about what Titans are gonna be in the Hall of Fame and I know he's done his work as a Falcon but this guy is a first battle Hall of Famer which is easy. not which is not an easy dig as a receiver <laughs>
2: I, I just started giggling to myself because I just started thinking about an offense where we have um like a single back set with four receivers in the game. So you put Reynolds out there, you put AJ, you put Julio and you put Des Fitz, Fitzpatrick and you've got Henry lined up in the backfield and just, yeah. you have, Fitzpatrick and Reynolds just run post routes, the whole like play after play after play and literally wear out a secondary and then let AJ and Julio do their work. I mean, <laughs> it could be insane.
1: Landon, how does it match up specifically, which with the AFC South, how does adding another guy like this, adding Reynolds, uh, how does that stack up with uh, defensive backfields in the AFC South?
0: Well, to me, any hopes of the Colts winning the AFC South just went up in flames. Because their one, <laughs> yeah. one thing was their defense is really good. It could stop us with only A.J. Brown. You can double or triple him and d- don't have to worry about Josh Reynolds. Well, now you can't do that, so yeah. that's tough. And then looking at the defense, even if we're just 20th, we're going to win 12, 13 games because oh, yeah. I don't think people understand how bad we were last year. We oh, were the worst we third-down defense in NFL history by yeah. like a significant margin. We were we the worst. We can find a
1: guy that can just do assignment football, and like you said, be twentieth. We're easily going to win thirteen yeah. games. We if were the worst. stays healthy, no yeah. doubt. We were, we were the
0: worst pass rushing playoff team ever. Like it, it, and we got Jim Schwartz as a defensive court as a, as a defensive I guess, a consultant.
1: Yeah, he's an analyst, right? So, and keep in, so,
0: keep in mind. We didn't have an
2: off season. We had a lot of new pieces. Yeah, and we lost Dean Pease. Like I think Pease
1: was the thing. We were a freaking turnstile. Yeah, we, well, were, and, we were a joke on defense because we it wasn't that we were undermanned. Everybody was undermanned last year, right? Because of injuries yeah. and COVID. It's like we didn't know what we were doing. In, in Dean Pease, if anything else, we were not super talent the year before. But like Logan, Ryan of those guys, they never missed assignments. It was like watching high school football. I was like, who had that guy? it right. was a joke you have to think guys right you have to think that's got to improve i
2: definitely think it will i think schwartz is such a key piece and i i I'm, we i think we talked about it last year so kevin Bayard becomes a dad for the first time in covid and it's like you know i being a dad i know how that flips your world upside down and it takes about a year to figure it all out. Right. So that's uh, something that I think is going to be huge too it's and you know human
1: beings, man. Yeah. They're, and Byron
2: thinking for real. has been pissed about last year. Um he is not a happy camper. He knows that, you know, yeah. a lot of players didn't play well, himself included. So I I think they're going to come out with a vengeance and I also don't want to get your guys as hope, hopes up, but from what I've seen, the Titans are meeting with Melvin Ingram today.
0: Uh, I, I saw that he mentioned that yeah. I think someone said, or he said he wanted to be a package deal with who. Yeah. And just going well. back to that position for a second, we upgraded from Derek Roberson and Wyatt Ray to Bud Dupree and Danico Autry. So even without Melvin Ingram, that is just one of the biggest upgrades in the entire NFL going from two oh, undrafted true. practice squad guys, literally playing 80% of pass rushing snaps it, to I'll a guy you, who, it, yeah. who obviously I think really overrated Bud Dupree, but still uh Pretty good player, and he's then
1: something though. Yeah, a, a
0: sneaky underrated player in Autry. It's like we went oh, from yeah. one of the worst pass rushes to we're probably going to be passable.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I'll and tell this,
0: you what. The, I, I I think in the backfield, the the defensive backfield, just the moxie of Farley and Mullen. I think, I think that it just adds a lot of juice because you said guys are missing assignments. Elijah Mullen is not going to miss assignments. He, no, he no. no, he might get
1: burned, or he might get he might get burned, but he's but not. Gonna he knows where he's going to be.
2: He's gonna be the new yeah. Jeremy Chin. I'm telling you, he is gonna be. Oh gosh, a, don't say Jeremy I, Chin I'm, is so good. I'm, I, I'm I'm dead serious. He's I gonna. I think wish. he's gonna be a day one starter. Um, he's that kind of kid. We talked about him pre-draft, where he is just so book smart, and he is a leader on the field, and that is going to pay huge dividends this year. And in in having an actual training camp in an off-season, yeah, they are going to light it up. I promise you. Although I was gonna say. You know, obviously, there are still a couple holes, I think, in our defense. And there are still some free agents who fit the bill. Um, I personally have always had a man crush on Geno Atkins. If he obviously, somehow finds yeah. his way onto our defensive line, I may just cry.
1: <laughs> I've told you guys before, I would vote Geno Atkins in the Hall of Fame. Of course, the Bengals, long time. Defensive tackle, a little bit undersized, great athlete. Um, maybe these guys are chasing rings. Maybe they want to live in Nashville. Maybe their wives want to live in Nashville. Who knows? Uh, how much money do we have to offer ingram because uh i I have always (laughs) i have always had a boner for melvin ingram you you know that so i mean well and also you have to offer him you always
2: get melvin ingram and melvin melvin um Gordon, 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 yeah. confused. So, which one are you actually? You're talking about the linebacker, right? I'm talking about
1: Ingram. I'm. I. This isn't the season, so I, I'm not recovering from uh, tailgating, so I didn't get their names right. Landon. Well, we have, uh, what? What do we have to offer him? Well, right now we
0: have negative 15 million in cap room, so it's a wait and see. But I'm, he got. I think he has had one big contract. I know they restructured it or redid it a, a year or two ago, so he's not hurting for money. And it's just really fun for us to think, like, oh, yeah, we could be the team that ring yeah. chasers go to. Like, Julio partially forced his way here. Melvin wow. Ingram I'll tell you wants, the truth. wants to come here. It's like this, the Titans are the team that everyone wants that watch past their prime. Veterans want to go to the yeah. Winter Ring. That is a great point. This could In be itself. It, that's yeah. just
1: such a warm feeling, right, Big Fella?
2: It's the Tom Brady effect. I mean, look at what happened once Tampa Bay signed Tom Brady. Like, they pulled Gronk out of retirement, and and Antonio Brown, and then before you know it, like, look at their team this year. I mean, they have Giovanni Bernard looking like he's the Incredible Hulk. Have you seen that dude right now? Oh,
1: man. Giovanni (laughs) Bernard, even when he played at UNC, I was a huge fan of him. Loved him. He could be a great third down back for them. Big fella is Ryan Tannehill, we all worried in year one it was at a fluke he followed that up with literally an even better year as our <laughs> second year starter so is that like Landon said is that the reason why we're a haven for these guys that are ring chasing I think everybody realizes we're that close yeah I do too and it's and so weird for us as fans to well it's to crazy. adjust to that but it's true because Julio Jones I mean this guy wanted to come to Nashville.
2: Well, I mean, think about it. With a team that close, I mean, I know we've, whether in any walk of life, whether you're new to a a new job or a team or you do something that helps push something over the top, everybody loves to be that hero that gets you that ring or gets you whatever you're doing. Like, you like to be that person on the team that pushes over the top. And literally, obviously, Julio could be a huge part of that. But if we have a huge defensive resurgence and it's Melvin Ingram, I mean, that's a feather in his cap. I mean, everybody wants that opportunity. Everybody wants to be the hero. So, and we're that close where you can come in and you can be the hero.
1: Yeah, I mean, sure suggest that even if we kind of come back to the norm, uh, this will be a big win, right? Because we were that bad on defense last year. Yeah. I expect us to kind of circle the wagons and be average. Right, Lenny? Yeah, yeah
0: well, I, I, we upgraded at edge rusher, defensive line got better. Linebacker I think is about is about the same. Getting Jay on back will be huge, although I'm not high on Monty Rice. The secondary, I don't know if it was just coaching or just it was the wrong talent makeup, but we just completely overhauled it. Byard is our literally our only starter from last year coming back. Mm-hmm. So J. Rob had to have known something. Yeah.
1: I, I feel think for- like Kevin Bayard and Taylor One have the biggest years coming up. I feel like they'll be the cap casualties if they don't play well, so I expect them both, if they can stay healthy, to play very well, which would be huge for us. Y'all have mentioned Bayard before, but these guys are such gamers, uh, and they really, really want to be here. I mean, Bayard is from Atlanta. He went to MDSU, and LaJuan is from Michigan, and every, I think every single person that was born in Michigan lives in Nashville now. They want to be here. They don't want to be playing for another team, and I think it's they're the next two guys on the block. Obviously J. Rob is super shrewd. It doesn't matter who you are, what your name is. You've got to play. This is is are there two people that have a more seminal season coming up than Taylor Lewan and Kevin Byard? Big fellow.
2: I think they're obviously the big ones. Um, you know, they I, I think Byard has a little bit longer of a leash. Because he's produced more recently than Taylor. I mean, Taylor's always got something going on. And I love the guy. You hate the guy. <laughs> but No, I don't hate him. No, I don't hate him.
1: I'm just looking at guaranteed money after this year. Yeah. I love Kevin Bard. I watched him play. No, no, oh, huge. I'm talking about Luan. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm not no, a huge Luan. fan of Luwan as a person. I mean, he's grown on me a little bit. I wish he would take a shower. <laughs> he's a sturdy-looking guy. But, no, in all seriousness, uh, when he's out there, he's good. Um, he needs to just. Stay within himself, but when he's out there, and we have from the standpoint him, sure. of a left tackle, though, just being totally objective about him, big Fellow, and you played the position, he is one of the better athletes. Oh yeah, to be because he's just like, and I know I've heard um, some of his contemporaries say this, like he is a guy that is just like for that size, is incredibly athletic but this is a year because of his cap number if nothing else we've j rob has shown us it's put up or shut up i mean it doesn't matter what you name casey it doesn't matter what you mean to the team this is his year to put up or shut up right
0: yep definitely
2: got to put go together.
0: and going back to the offensive line i think that's the position where we'll be about the same the interior is going to be just as good we're turning all three guys LaJuan for a full year over Sambrello and Quesenberry will be huge. Yeah. But I do think Lamb or Dunes at right tackle over Dennis Kelly is going to be the glaring weakness on offense now that we got Julio. I'm a bit worried about that, but...
1: Yeah, we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, I, I still don't get why we cut Kelly to sign Lamb for a million less. Like, he gave up zero sacks, like, and it wasn't like he was somehow magically protected by the scheme. Like He legit was a solid right tackle. Why did yeah. we cut him?
1: I'm yeah. gonna just give uh, Robinson the benefit of the doubt that he knows what he's doing because he knew what he was doing when he put uh, when he put him in that position because we were worried about that. So I'm with you. That seems a little scary, but maybe he likes those guys that much because yeah, that seems that seems like a, a leap of faith for sure.
2: I'm excited for it, and you know, more to the lawn thing. Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards without Taylor Lewan in the lineup.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So, I mean, that's like, hey, read the writing on the wall. You better do it.
1: <laughs> well, we've said this a lot, but there are so many questions. But I love that our team is taking the risk and the chances that if it all hits, this is a championship caliber team. They know they need a pass rush. Yeah, they made some tough decisions, but it's to bring in what they they know they need last year didn't work but I still do not fault the decisions um, we'll see uh, I think coaching is going to be a big part of this and I think health is going to be a part of this but it's just super exciting to have a name here Julio Jones I think a lot of team, a lot of our fans are going to be like oh Julio Jones you're going to think about 5 years ago and a lot of our uh, fans are going to think that he's just over the hill but if you look at history and you look at his health, it's, it's about 50-50, right, guys? So, we'll see. I just love that they're swinging for the fences because I'm tired of 10-6. and six. I'm tired of 9-7. I want us to really compete. And so, I'm we've got a couple more months before training camp, boys. But I think this is going to be one of the more interesting years we've ever had. And I cannot wait.
2: Yeah, it'll be fun. And it, I Just to walk down memory lane a little bit. I mean, it's funny to think like we had Randy Moss on our roster, and I don't remember the buzz that we have with Julio right now. When we had Randy Moss, um, so to this, it's similar, but it's different. And I think there's a different feel in Nashville. And maybe we didn't. There wasn't a whole lot of buzz about. I mean, I remember being excited that Randy Moss was a Titan, but we weren't that close. No, not at we all. We picked
1: him off waivers. Then he was thirty. Four years old or so, but uh, you're right. I mean, that that's a good litmus test. This is different. Mm.
2: Man, we we're gonna have to go to a couple of Hall of Fame ceremonies at some point. We got. Well, if Julio <laughs>
1: has, uh, if he helps us win a championship or get to the Super Bowl, I'll tell you, I'll walk to Canton. What about <laughs> you, Landon? <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Well, that's the best Julio analysis you'll receive. Guys, we'll be back with you soon. I just appreciate everybody listening to us. I hope you're having a great early summer for John Raw and Landon Peden's Nathan Speece. And uh, guess what? Tighten up.
0: Tighten up. Tying up.